Hello and welcome to Get Flushed, the world's favourite sanitation podcast. I'm Pete. It's been a really massive week for Get Flushed. Firstly, the PSAI, or Portable Sanitation Association, published the transcript of my episode on winterization as a written article in their monthly newsletter, Insights. That article looked at the preventative measures that operators can take to protect their units from frost, and there'll be a follow-on in the next newsletter in December, which looks at the dosing measures they can use. I guess that episode was really timely because I've seen lots of posts on social media from operators who are already battling ice and snow. And it was really great to have the opportunity to share my learnings with people in the industry who perhaps haven't listened to the podcast. Things got even better on Thursday when Get Flushed was named as the bronze medal winner in the business podcast category at the New Zealand Podcast Awards. The citation from the judges read, Get Flushed is full of sanitary goodness, produced with diligence about the subject matter. I'm really pleased with that because Get Flushed is an independent podcast and many of the other winners and entrants were commercial shows produced by media companies. Yes, I've got a fantastic sponsor in Sanitrax whose support has allowed me to do what I do. I've got some wonderful patrons and listeners who give me encouragement, advice and support. But there's no media network, there's no marketing group and there's no sound engineer or editor. It's just me. So you can imagine just how exciting it was to hear that Get Flushed had won that award. When I planned that first episode about winterization, I spent a lot of time online reading and researching different ways to lower the freezing point of water. One of the methods I saw but didn't discuss was the use of beet juice or beet extract, which has been used as a de-icer on roads in the US for about 10 or 12 years. After I released the episode, Justin Kleist in Wisconsin wrote that he tried a product called Beet Heat. He said it was cheaper and more accepted at treatment plants. I was really intrigued by Justin's post, so I googled beet heat, that's B-E-E-T-H-E-E-T, and learned that it's produced and distributed by KTEC Speciality Coatings in Ashley, Indiana. I dropped them a note, and the next day I received a reply from Denver Preston, KTEC's national sales manager. We'll hear from Denver in a moment, but beet heat is a sugar-based additive that enhances the de-icing and anti-icing performance of sodium and chloride brines. Now, the product has had a lot of news coverage in the US as an eco-friendly alternative to road salt, but I'm not sure that many people in the restroom industry are familiar with what it can do. I spoke with Denver earlier today to find out more. Hey, Pete. Good day, Denver. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much um, for inviting me. I, I'm thrilled at the opportunity to talk about our product. Oh, it's really interesting and exciting, and the subject of winterization is really topical at the moment. I know North America is now into the start of winter season. I've seen lots of pictures of frozen Porter Johns on the Facebook groups, and I'm really sure that we'll have a good audience who are keen to hear more about your product. Let's start at the start. <laughs> B-E-E-T-H-E-E-T. What is it? Well, basically, uh, P, it's a combination of liquid chloride and liquid sugar. And uh, the reason we put sugar into this de-icer is because the sugar actually enhances the chloride's uh, ice melt capacity. So if you take a chloride, let's say calcium chloride, which is a great ice melter, if you add sugar to it, all of a sudden, its ice melt capacity goes up. 
And so what we basically just did was take liquid sugar and add it to liquid chloride. And uh, we really stumbled across something that's been awesome. Our customers are raving about it. So the name Beet Heat, is there a vegetable component? Yes, our liquid sugar component is beet molasses. It's a natural corrosion inhibitor. Using calcium chloride as an example, on a corrosion scale, calcium chloride is 121 on that scale. Now, our product has a lot of calcium chloride in it, but our corrosion value is 14.8. So we're naturally lowering that corrosion number like 85%, uh, which makes it an environmentally friendly de-icer. Yeah, that's a huge reduction. That's really impressive. I've got a million and one questions, Denver, and they'll come in all sorts of random order. And I'll get bogged down in minute detail if you're cool with that. Sure. How on earth did you discover that you could take beet extract molasses and mix it with a chlorate to make a de-icer? How on earth did that invention come about? Well, we weren't the first to discover that. We just took it one step further. Really, the technology began with beet juice, and there's all kinds of folklore about how it was discovered as, you know, being not an ice melter, but enhancing chloride's ability. So we didn't make that discovery, but what we did do that I'll take credit for is that rather than using beet juice, which is a waste stream product from beet processing plants, We actually went with beet molasses, which is a processed product, much cleaner. It's more of a pure liquid sugar than a waste stream byproduct. So by putting the molasses into the mixture, now we've got uh, even greater benefit because it's a more concentrated liquid sugar component than what the beet juice product is. My first question from there is, is it sticky? Uh, Yes, it is, actually. And that is a benefit uh, to the de-icing world because most of our customers use this product to wet their rock salt. And whenever you're putting rock salt on a roadway, one of the interesting things is uh, what we call bounce and scatter loss. So as that rock salt is coming off of the spinner, off of the back of that truck, a certain percentage of it bounces out of the target area into the ditch. That's a loss of product that is costly. So the idea uh, is to wet that rock salt. Originally, it was just wet it with uh, what we call a a brine or sodium chloride liquid salt. And by wetting that rock salt, it reduces the bounce and scatter loss quite a bit, therefore keeping more of the you know, active ingredient into the target area, therefore becoming more effective. And so our product, being that it's heavy and sticky, reduces bounce and scatter loss even more than just putting a simple liquid chloride on it. The other is what we call residual. And, you know, when we're putting these products out on a roadway, we want to try to keep that product in the target area as long as possible. And again, because beet heat is sticky, it's going to stay in that target area much longer than, again, if you were just putting a liquid chloride de-icer that's, you know, going to run off of the crown of the roadway right away. So there's a, a couple of benefits due to it being sticky. So I'm really intrigued as to how the restroom operators that are using it have got on with that. And maybe I'll be able to do a follow-up and talk to some of the guys who I know are using the product. Sure. 
and I think they were attracted because of the lower corrosion factor, the fact that it's not as corrosive as pure salt. And that's an absolute huge win for companies that are operating with steel tanks. Absolutely. And, you know, the cost uh, of corrosion uh, in our environment is uh, mind boggling. So, yes, they were attracted to the product because of its lower corrosion value. But let me also say by putting an organic component into this chloride deicer, uh, we've also made it biodegradable. Beet heat is 99% biodegradable, and actually it reaches what they call ready biodegradability in just eight days. The test actually is a 28-day time period, but in eight days, our product is ready biodegradable, and by 28 days, it's 99% biodegradable. One of the other issues here in the United States, and and particularly, I'm in Chicago this evening, and Chicago has a really, really serious problem with chloride emissions into the environment. By making it biodegradable, that alone is great. And then I might add one more quick benefit is that the performance uh, of our product allows the um, users to back their application rates down as much as 40%. So when you start thinking about, you know, reducing not only corrosion, not only having a biodegradable product, but then uh, realizing that you can back your application rate down, you know, 40%, the savings are incredible. And uh, for those environmentalists, it's really, really impressive that just simply by putting a liquid uh, de-icer onto your rock salt, you can reduce your chloride emissions by 40%. It's unheard of. Well, I would think that would be very popular with the wastewater treatment plants because one of the conversations I've had with operators who particularly use methanol is that the wastewater operators have often said, well, dilution will probably mean that it's not a factor, but we'd rather not have methanol in the system. And obviously, if you move to a product like beet heat, you avoid that completely. Exactly. Huge win. Yes. What is the primary market that the product was aimed at then? Was it for road de-icing, did I see? Yes, primarily uh, road uh, de-icing and then also uh, municipalities use it for sidewalks. And that's the primary focus. The product is not FAA approved, so we're not doing anything as far as, you know, runways or whatnot. But airports could use it in their parking lots. And, uh, you know, that has uh, already happened. Yeah. It's primarily municipalities, smaller government agencies, townships, uh, counties, uh, villages, and then also state DOTs. We have uh, six state DOTs uh, that will be uh, using beet heat this winter. Quite a few media news channels have covered beet heat and the, the fact that DOTs have adopted it. And I'm guessing that the, the restroom operators saw that and thought we'll try that and it turns out that it's actually quite effective. Yes. Well, I have uh, since originally, uh, you know, talking with you when you originally contacted me, I actually asked around a little bit and discovered that some porta potty owners are basically just putting rock salt in the bottom of their units. And obviously, then now you're talking about a huge corrosion issue and an environmental issue when they're cleaned out uh, later on, because, you know, rock salt is a chronic pollutant. Once it's in the environment, it never leaves.
And that's been a, a major concern. And that will be one of the challenges for the portable restroom industry moving ahead, the environmental impact. We've already seen a move away from formaldehyde in the blue products that they put in the tanks. But anything that can help mitigate the impact of the sodium content, particularly during the winter periods in those colder regions, would be a great help. One of the things that restroom operators are looking for is to maintain the liquid state inside the toilet tank for as long as possible and as cold a temperature as possible. Are you able to get... Yeah, Pete. Um, the eutectic freeze point of beat heat concentrate is 23.8 degrees below zero. Now, if the user was in a climate that, you know, they didn't need to go that low with it, they could cut it with water. And uh, they can cut it 25% and still be uh, below zero. That would put you at about 1.3 degrees uh, below zero Fahrenheit, and if they, you know, cut it a little bit more, of course, the the freeze point would be, you know, a little higher. But um, it could be cut with water as long as it's, you know, uh, recirculated well. It would still provide uh, protection. Does it come in a liquid form, then, Denver? Uh, yes, it's a, it's a pure liquid. Um, we do also sell uh, beet heat uh, treated rock salt. But that's more of a local market. We don't reach out to, you know, any uh, maybe three states. Uh, but uh, the liquid side of things, we have customers all the way from Washington, D.C. to uh, Bismarck and North Dakota. I've got two questions come out of that. The first one is what color is it when it's in a, a liquid state? Beet heat is dark brown. A lot of times I'm also asked, does it stain? And uh, no, it does not. It is a 100% water soluble. And so if it's in a, a porta potty for a long period of time, you know, you may have to power wash it after a couple of seasons. But otherwise, it, it does not stain uh, the plastic. From that, my second question was, is there any concern or any issue around mixing it with the blue chemicals that we put into restrooms when we service them? product is not compatible with de-icers that have any kind of corrosion inhibitor in it. That blue product, which I know nothing of, if it has a corrosion inhibitor in it, I would think there could be an issue there. I don't know for a fact. Normally it's just a fragrance, a dye, and then a surfactant to stop the waste matter sticking together, but I'm not aware that any of them put in an anti-corrosive. The other thing that I was just going to say about that is that beet heat, you know, is really 100% natural. It doesn't have any other chemicals added to it for ice melt or freeze point purposes. We do put a anti-foam uh, defoamer chemical in it, but it's such a small amount. I don't think that would be the problem. So I would just caution against mixing it with the blue. If anyone tries it and finds out that, you know, there is no issue, then I'd like to know about it. Well, I'd like to know as well. And maybe that's already happened because I do know there are restroom operators who are using the product. I'll see if I can do a bit of research and maybe find a, an answer from one of the people in the forums who've, who recommended beet heat. Does beet heat have any odour associated with it, Denver? Yeah, uh, Pete, it's, it's interesting because we have a, a many different takes on uh, what it smells like. Uh, now, I would say uh, for listeners that have ever smelled beet juice, it has a pretty rank uh, odor to it. Not very favorable at all. But when asked uh, our customers, when we ask them, you know, tell us your opinion, what does it smell like? 
The latest one and probably the most popular one is uh, chocolate. The gentleman said to me it smells like chocolate. We've had other people say that it smells like coffee. And those are the two most popular uh, answers that we get. But it's not an odor that is repugnant um, or offensive. It's got an odor to it, but it's not uh, terribly bad. I know price is dependent on volume, but you're able to give a rough idea of the price compared to maybe just a rock salt? Yeah. Well, if uh, if you were going to buy it locally from our plant, um, if you purchase at least a thousand gallons, the price is only $1.29 a gallon. After that, if we end up having to ship it, um, if we ship it in totes, it, it gets rather expensive because we've got the tote cost, uh, which is uh, basically 60 cents a gallon. Uh, Then we have freight, which we would rely on a third-party freight company to deliver totes for us, and that can get costly. In fact, uh, shipping costs have went up quite a bit here just in the last uh, 12 months. So if we were shipping four totes to like Kansas, sort of the middle of the country, um, it'd be about $2.95 a gallon. If they were buying it full semi-load and we were shipping it that far, it would certainly be less than two ninety-five, probably closer to about two uh, $2.25 or so if they were buying in bulk. If uh, restroom operators listening in and they'd like to try the product, what's the best way of getting in touch with you? Well, you can give me a call on my cell phone or my email. Um, you know, if you just Google BT, I think you would find my contact information. I'll put a link in the notes for the show to take you to the website, and then the contact form was easy enough to find, so we'll do that. We're located in northeast Indiana, in uh, Ashley, Indiana, about 35 miles north of Fort Wayne, and uh, the Clink family uh, owns our company or group of companies, a wonderful family. We're also in the uh, asphalt business. So as you might imagine, we're making and delivering a lot of asphalt product in the spring, summer, and fall, uh, but the trucks were idle come wintertime. And so Mr. Clink was looking for a way to keep those drivers busy and their families fed. And uh, so he decided to start looking around for new types of products that we would be able to manufacture and, and then haul uh, with our trucks in the wintertime. And uh, last winter, Mr. Clink uh, hauled almost a thousand loads of beat heat into about 14 different states. So it uh, has you know, been a great thing for our employees and, and their families. I think there'll be listeners who tune in and think, well, that's maybe worth a try, it, if only because it, it's got the corrosion inhibitor compared to normal salt. So you know, maybe we'll be able to do a follow-up with an operator who's used it. And I know that's not a market that you intended to pitch the product at to begin with, but it seems that people have voted with their feet and there are a lot of fans in the restroom industry. There are a lot of fans of Beat Heat as a product. Yeah, yeah. I know from my experience, when we did the movie Mulan, our steel tanks were absolutely ruined by the end of the season just by the fact that we were using rock salt. or Well, we used swimming pool salt because it dissolved really quickly. I'm really grateful that you had time to chat with me. I know it's late on Thursday night there now, and um, you've had a busy day driving by the sound of it. So I really do appreciate you spending some time on the phone. I'm appreciative of the opportunity here. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. Thank you. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Now, it's hard to believe, but I spent over two hours on that call with Denver. We've got an absolutely huge amount in common, and I really enjoyed talking with him. 
As he said in the call, beat heat wasn't designed for restroom use, so there's probably a lot more work that needs to be done to prove that it's a viable, efficient and effective alternative to salt or methanol brine in restrooms. My initial reaction is that I'm a little concerned about the fact it's sticky and I'm not entirely sure we've resolved the question about whether it can be mixed with blue. I don't imagine that there'd be too many dramas and that it would react unfavourably, but I'd love to hear from anyone who's using the product who might be able to tell us more. If you can help with that, I'd love it if you could describe your experience in an audio message for me. Just visit podinbox.com slash getflushed and click on the button that says send message. Say what you want to say and remember to press save at the end. Don't worry about making mistakes, I can edit it to make you sound really polished. You can also use that function if you'd like to ask me a question, leave a workplace shout out or leave any other comments for the show. That's podinbox.com slash get flushed. OK, I'm going to leave it there this week because I'm going out for dinner to celebrate. Next week's episode features a chat with Sebastian Ortiz from the International Portable Sanitation Observatory. And that episode will commemorate World Toilet Day, which is on Friday, the 19th of November. Once again, thank you for your time. I've been Pete, and you've been listening to the award-winning sanitary goodness that's Get Flushed, the world's favourite sanitation podcast.